Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. You're listening to In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Wednesday, October 25th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Water is one of those things many of us take for granted. We turn on our tap and just expect a clean gush of H2O to spill out. But our water supply is shrinking, and the infrastructure helping to quench our thirst is aging. All this could mean we'll soon pay more when we turn on our taps. For more on this, KUNC's Alex Hager joins me now. Alex, welcome to In the NoCo. Hey, it's good to be here. All right, so before we dive in, I actually hear something in the background. Are you actually out Creekside right now? Where are you? I am. I'm right on the banks of Ten Mile Creek on a beautiful fall day here in Frisco, Colorado. How very fitting. Well, before we get into some of your recent reporting on water, Alex, could you paint a kind of a broad strokes picture of what's happening right now with water in the West? We know our region has been in the grips of a historic drought, but we did see a lot of rain over the spring and summer. Did that make a dent in our ongoing water woes? So there's some bad news and some good news here. The bad news is rain does not do a lot to tip the scales. It's, it's really good to have rain, right? It, it helps suppress fire. It keeps all that vegetation really wet uh, during the normally dry period over the summer. It's really good for farms and ranches, but it doesn't really tip the scales when we're talking about water supply in the Colorado River. The good news though, is that Snow is the major indicator of how much water will be in the Colorado River any given year. And last winter, we had a lot of it. We broke some records here in Colorado, and snow that falls in Colorado makes up two-thirds of the water that ends up in the Colorado River system. So all things considered, we are looking pretty good. Okay, good to know. And so then where are we with the Colorado River? I know states that rely on that water are... Coming up on another important deadline as they shape a plan for sharing the water more equitably. What's the status of that? Right now, the big red circle on the calendar is 2026. That is the deadline to come up with new rules for how the Colorado River water is shared. So recently, we actually got a a little window into where the major players are at in terms of Colorado River negotiations. The federal government asked for comments on their plan to reshape those guidelines. There is one optimistic note among those comments. Pretty much everyone agrees that we need new rules and that they need to be more in sync with the current reality. The fact that climate change has really depleted the amount of water in the Colorado River, and we need to come up with a new plan that accommodates the fact that there's there's much less to go around. There is some bad news, though. There is not a lot of agreement on how exactly we get to those new rules. The seven states that use the river, they submitted comments to the federal government and their needs are very different. There are 30 federally recognized tribes in the Colorado River Basin. They say they want more of a voice in negotiations. There are boaters who use major reservoirs. There are environmentalists who are advocating for the plants and animals along the way, and just about everyone in between. And that means that at the end of this process, some of them are probably going to have to leave without having their needs met. And this is all connected to your latest reporting which is on the the price we pay for water in our homes. 
You opened the story with a thought from water director Mark Marlowe in Castle Rock, and I wanted to play that because his, his words really touch on how we take tap water for granted. There's literally nothing else you can have a thousand gallons of delivered to your house at two in the morning for a few bucks. So yeah, if you look at it that way, perhaps it is too cheap. But Alex, most of us don't open up our water bills and take a look and think, wow, this is so inexpensive. So why is it that some water experts are saying the cost is too low? I talked to experts from Colorado to Arizona, and they all agreed that, that water should and probably will be more expensive in the coming years and decades. So my yeah. first thought is that this has to do with that shrinking Colorado River. I'm no economics major, but I figure less supply, steady demand, right? That's, right. that's, that's an equation we're all familiar with. But what I found out is that is not the main reason that water is probably going to get more expensive. It has a lot more to do with aging infrastructure. All across the region, our pipes are getting old. We need new ones. We need upgrades to our water treatment facilities. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that so many of the urban areas in this region had big population booms right after World War II. And we put in infrastructure to meet those growing cities. But a lot of pipes, they last about 70 years. And so they're all coming due at the same time. But I talked about that with Katherine Sorensen. She's the former director at Phoenix Water. All of this is very expensive infrastructure. It's concrete, it's iron, it's steel. And it needs to be replaced. And the cost of all those materials, the cost of labor, the cost of construction have all gone up. Sorensen is now a researcher at Arizona State University. She said all of those costs, they end up getting passed along to water users. And water utilities are doing what they can to spread that out over years and even decades so they don't get too much pushback. Mm. Well, so maybe the way for us to think about rate hikes is that planned replacement of infrastructure is probably cheaper and better than having to do emergency repairs or fixing bits of it piecemeal. Absolutely. That is exactly what the folks at Denver Water talked about when I went out with them to watch lead pipes getting replaced in action. They said they are trying to keep the water flowing 50, 100 years into the future. And that is why they're spending $1.9 billion over the next decades making upgrades. You also reported about Castle Rock, which has some notable practices in place for reusing water. Could you talk about that a little bit? So this is where that idea of the shrinking Colorado River comes in. This is how that decreasing supply starts to show up on water bills. So as the Colorado River and as water supplies get smaller, cities that use it are looking to stretch out the water they already have. They have finite supplies, but a lot of times they're legally allowed to use it multiple times over. So they install new tech that helps them filter that water to a really high standard so it's safe for drinking and get three, four, five times more uses out of a single molecule of water. That is the case for a lot of places that get their water from the Colorado River. It is also the case in Castle Rock, where they get the majority of their water from an underground aquifer that is also shrinking. So after water leaves the sewage treatment plant, it goes back in the creek, and then they just have an intake a little further down the creek that pulls it out, filters it so it's safe to drink, and puts it back in the system. They're also investing in systems that cut out that middleman of the creek, basically taking water directly from the sewage treatment plant on the output end, cleaning it up through really high-tech filters and, and other cleaning techniques, and then putting it directly back into the drinking system. Mm. 
So you acknowledge in your reporting something pretty crucial in all of this, funding, and how people in rural and marginalized communities are hit harder with water costs. Can you talk about that? So right now we're in this huge era of federal funding. There are billions upon billions of dollars being set aside literally directly for city utility departments to upgrade their water infrastructure. But the problem is a lot of that money is not making it to where it's needed most. I talked with public policy professor Manny Teodoro from the University of Wisconsin. He says the smallest, least funded agencies oftentimes have the fewest people, the least time and the smallest budgets to go after those federal grants. If your water utility staff is three guys in a pickup truck, there's nobody that has time to fill out those forms. They're, they're busy just trying to keep the system running. So Teodoro said that this era of federal funding, it's going to help. It's going to help a lot of water utilities adapt to a climate change future where there is less fresh water to go around. But it is not the be all and end all to this long term problem. Well, Alex, thank you so much for your reporting on this. And thanks for breaking it down for us today. It's so good to be here. Thanks, Aaron. You can find Alex's reporting on all things water at KUNC.org. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. Our producer is Jocelyn Mesa Miranda. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm Aaron O'Toole. See you next time. <laughs>